It's an honour to welcome to the show Mr Paul McKenna. Thank you so much. It's an honour to be here, gentlemen. Uh, welcome to home time. Uh, Richie made a good point as you were just on your way up. Uh, we apologise for making you walk up so many flights of stairs before you come and do an interview. <laughs> I think I needed the exercise, actually, so I've been enjoying Christmas a little too much. <laughs> Haven't we all? It's just the, the lift is broken here, and yeah. uh, it's not fixed until when is it? Like, uh, I think they say March, aren't March, they? March, which ain't oh. going to happen. So yeah. everyone Ooh. who comes in to speak to us on the show has Ooh. to walk up four or five flights of stairs. It's a leveller, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And the only thing is, people probably do sound a bit out of breath by the time we get up here, right? But it gives it a good uh, radio kind of huskiness. I don't it? think there's actually anything wrong with the lift whatsoever, and it's just a management ploy to get us in the studio earlier. Yeah, Because they know that you've got to be up there to be fit to talk. <laughs> uh, Paul, tell us what you've been up to then. You have a, uh, a positivity podcast on the go. I do, indeed. Um, it's been an absolute smash, this podcast. Um, I, we launched it last week, went straight in at number two on the iTunes uh, podcast chart. That's across all podcasts. And the, the essence of it is, is I'm interviewing the uh, some of the world's most interesting people, um, but not in a journalistic way, not to get a scoop, but more in a sort of psychological way to understand how it is they do what they do, their success mindset. So we launched last week right, with an interview with Simon Cowell, uh, with Warwick Davis, Gary okay. Lineker. Uh, yes, um, on Monday it was Ryan Seacrest. Other people include uh, Roger Daltrey, Tony Robbins, uh, Rob Brydon, uh, you know, a very eclectic mix of people, Paul Oakenfold, you know. So, so these are people from business, the arts, from sports, from all sorts of different uh, walks of life. But one of the things I didn't realise about you uh, was that obviously you, you help famous people mm. just on, on a kind of hypnotherapy basis as well. So is that like a crossover? Because uh, I guess some of the, the famous people that you've worked with that you may have realised that there's something in this. Do you know what yes. I mean? Do you know, oddly enough, it, it, it is... It's a conversation, because podcasts are a combination of talk radio and sort of audio book, but because you don't have such a tight format where you have to fit everything into an eight-minute hit before another junction, like a commercial break or something, mm. you can just sit and, and talk. And um, I did a TV show in America. Um, uh, I did two seasons of a show where I did a sort of psychological um, uh, you know, conversation with people. And it was, again, it was right across the board. It was people like Roger Moore, Richard Dawkins, Lulu, you know, all kinds of different people yeah and and i would ask them how they do what they do things like you know what's it like being famous if you could give if you had one piece of advice from everything that you've learned in life what would that be and you know and then and then some you know some of the things were like um how do you feel when people criticize you you know or, or say for example with paul Oakenfall, how do you make a record you know, how's that? And I, I yeah. go into the minutiae with him you know and that sort of thing so so that's how it started and then with the, the the podcast phenomenon taking over now, uh, with um, uh, hundreds of millions of people every week listening to podcasts around the world, I thought here's an opportunity. We sort of organically arrived at it to rather than very good point. Like a hypnotherapist, I've sat with people for years and ask them, hey, tell me about your problems, okay, and I deconstruct how they put it together, almost like a technician, so then I can go change it so they can see the world in a different way or feel differently about, you know, something that was upsetting them. And so in a similar sort of way, I'm sitting almost helping people unpack. I never actually ask, what is your success mindset? But I ask every other question around that. Yeah. So at the end of it, you go, oh, I, I see how they see the world. Yeah. Have you found, because obviously you, some of the people you've listed, they're in very different fields, but mm. have, you, have you found that there are key things that all these people share? Yes. I mean, one of the themes that's coming through, um, you know, is tenacity. And, you know, to some extent, um, see, I don't believe talent. I think you can be learned, right? But uh, there's some people who are exceptional. They've got 
example, it may be genetic advantages. But um, all of these people have um, an amazing sort of um, self-belief. Uh, I mean, Rob Bryden was telling this story yesterday about how he when, he, when he started out, he was sort of doing these sort of Welsh jokes and that. And, um, and people... Um, was say, you know, somebody in the audience started making a bah noise, and then someone else went bah, yeah. and very soon the whole audience were going bah, and he said it was just awful. He died. He said I was just dying on the stage. Anyway, he said the next morning he woke up and he thought, right, I'm going to show him. And I thought, I said, hello, where did that come from? Because, yeah. you know, I, I know that myself. I mean, at school, I was my, one of my school reports said I would never amount to anything. Ouch, it's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> and and my, my, my thoughts were, I'll show you. And so some people get crushed by it. And some people get, you know, very, um, I suppose, uh, belligerent about it and think, right, I'm going to do something. So the themes are things like tenacity. The themes are this, I suppose, willing to, willing to take risks, willing to, uh, you know, to try things out. You know, when you fail, pick yourself up and, and get going again. Are they psychopaths? I always wonder whether really successful people have an undercurrent of being a bit of a psychopath. Well, I think I think perhaps uh, some people are sociopaths, and the difference between the two is, see, we all know the difference between right and wrong. Sociopaths know the difference; they just don't care, right? right? So, they're really sociopathic behaviour is another way of saying selfishness. Psychopaths are people that not only they know that what they're doing is wrong, they take pleasure in it. So they're like serial killers. They're they're real. Nice. Okay, inf- I yeah. take that back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> certainly with the list that was put forward earlier. Sure, the Met, the Met Police have not been back to me for any more profiling. I don't know what, what I've done to offend them. Uh, uh, a couple of days ago, Andy and I actually, uh, with with one of our hometown uh, podcasts, mm. uh, we we devoted it over to uh, attempt to dabble in the world of of mindfulness. Yes, um, not sure quite how it went, but mm. one of the uh, one of the things that uh, did come across as we were searching for uh, relaxing things to talk about mm. is uh, somebody suggested to us. I'm not uh, sure how au fait you are in the world of uh, mm. football, Paul, but somebody suggested that uh, the voice of uh, now Sheffield Wednesday manager mm. Steve Bruce. Mm. Uh, was a very calming voice. I think Andy's got a yeah. It caught us on the hop because we, we were asking mm. for suggestions for what relaxes you, mm. and someone said this. This this is Steve Bruce's voice. Mm. Well, as I, I said a couple of days ago, it's a wonderful opportunity, and you know it's it's one of the great clubs of this country. Oh god, and, yeah. uh, to be given the opportunity. It is soothing though, isn't it? it well, um, it is. You're right. I mean, it's kind of um, it's a little soporific, isn't it? I mean, this. <laughs> do you know one of the things I, I find is if I wake sometimes, like you know, I wake up and I either meditate if it's the middle of the night, or I find that one of those really boring documentaries on BBC Two yeah. about something like fly fishing that that'll do it. Yeah. Um, or actually, I'll are you putting I, Steve Bruce in that bracket? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, well, in a way, uh, boring people into trance is a legitimate in. But here's the thing, right? And I don't want to turn this into a Steve Bruce interview because he's not here to comment himself. <laughs> However, is obviously with 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 what you do and mm. your your hypnotherapy and and using the 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 NLP practice and this mm. kind of thing, how important is the voice? I, I, not naming other people, but if you've got a particularly grating voice and that kind of thing. Mm. Is, is the voice a really important part of the practice as yes, well? Yes, it is. And when we're training hypnotists, we use, um, you know, we, we show them, you know, the, the pattern on the oscilloscope uh, of their voice. Because what you're doing is you're bathing someone in sound. Wow. Yeah. Like... And whereas a, a radio broadcaster, you know, you want to be up and you want to be excited, that kind of thing. But as a hypnotist, you want to use downward inflections and also have a gentle rhythmic turn. There was a friend of mine once, he was teaching um, uh, a hypnosis seminar in New Jersey, right? And, uh, and 
And when the, the people went off to practice, they all went, relax, really relax, <laughs> yes, you feel good. <laughs> and he was saying how, yeah, New, New Jersey tonality, you know, it's, it's not known for being soothing. But, um, uh, yes, that's what we try and do as hypnotists. The voice is important. And also, um, you know, commands all have a downward inflection. I love that. And, and how do you relax? Because, mm. you know, it's a very stressful world that we live in. What do you do to relax, Paul? Do you know, I find um, uh, uh, these days, I mean, I, over the years, I've, you know, riding, painting, those sort of things. But I, I really quite like socialising. Okay. You know, I, I mean, my kind of fun night is I'm with really interesting people, you know, we eat well, and, you know, fine wines, maybe a nice location. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that I find great. Also, a comfortable couch and Netflix. <laughs> yes, good combination. <laughs> uh, but, I mean... We, we do a thing on our hometown show called the British Transport Social Police, which is mm. a, a task force that Richie and I have created where we patrol public transport looking for annoying behaviour. Oh, yeah. Even with all your skills that you have mm. and your calmness and, and your soothing voice, mm. what things on public transport wind you up, get you going a little bit, Paul? I, I don't think I've ever used public transport. Actually, I tell a lie, I haven't used it for years, right, because yeah. I've been living in America for a decade. And, um, we, of course, now, because London's traffic is moving slower than a horse-drawn cart, yeah. um, you know, which is uh, for a number of reasons uh, we won't get into. Sometimes it is quick. My wife said, come and take the tube. I went, Carlos, I haven't done this for like 15 years or so. So we got on the tube and um, I was surprised actually by how busy it was. But um, also, uh, well, yeah, what's irritating? Oh, do you know, I, actually what I have got. Go on. This is what, what I do is, because um, I've worked with a lot of people who are kind of a little crazy. So... Um, I find, first of all, if you smile, right? If you, if you pull a smile, you release more serotonin, right? Okay. But if you sit like this in your office <laughs> all day long with a big smile on you like that, no one will bother you. And, and what I, do, I think you've what, lost what, it. No, what I do is, right, because a lot of people have a copy of the Evening Standard to avert eye contact from the lunatic when they get on the train. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I just smile at them like that. And they go, please have a seat. I feel that smile is a smile that actually that, uh, that Andy and I could be wearing at the moment as, um, as parents of relatively young children. Mm. Both of us have uh, got children under the age of one at the moment. And I wanted to actually return, not selfishly, but actually, interestingly, back to mm. uh, the hypnosis and the NLP. Because, obviously, a lot of what, lot of what you do uh, with adults, with, with you mm. know, fears and vices, is reprogramming the mm. brain. Mm. Is there anything, and I could be clutching at straws here, but how early can you actually start to, in some respects, program the brain? I'm, I'm talking about actually getting a child to sleep and that kind of thing. Right, it's a very good question, and, you know, I've been working on some bedtime storybooks for children that that use that window of suggestibility when you put in positive um, uh, suggestions. So at night when you're you're talking to your child, reading them a bedtime story, first of all, you're bonding, right, which is really important. But secondly, the messages that you repeat over and over again with this window of suggestibility as they fall asleep – and in the stories that you tell, you know, so can it be about people overcoming adversity? When you think about it, a lot of uh, child, uh, children's stories, things like The Ugly Duckling is about overcoming adversity, yeah. you know. And so um, a lot of hypnotic metaphors are about that. I mean, some of them can just be relaxing stuff like, 
Um, you know, you can tell a story about how you couldn't get to sleep, but suddenly you felt yourself relaxing. Uh, and, and as you tell... <laughs> I feel relaxed already. <laughs> <laughs> your child... As you relax, your child will relax. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and so, so basically, uh, that's what I would do, is i tell stories um, about... You know, some of the, the, the classic stories of the Hans Christian Andersen stuff is all, you know, really interesting stuff and has got good metaphors in it. If not, just make up your own... T- or tell your own stories. I mean, <clears throat> one of the things that... Uh, there was a famous old clinician that, that everybody really likes, a guy called Milton Erickson, and when someone would come along to see him, he would say, and they'd say they had this problem, he'd go, that reminds me of my friend John. <laughs> and, you know, and then he would talk about how John had the exact same problem and John got better. Oh, right. And John had more experiences than any person in human history could have had because Milton would just make them up. So in the same way that, say, like a comedian goes, a oh, funny thing happened to me on way tonight, so he can then tell his joke, yeah. it's a device. So as a hypnotist, you're allowed to go, that reminds me of the time I was feeling anxious. <laughs> and I calmed down. I love it. <laughs> That's what we do. The the other thing then, Paul, one final thing that is very interesting that you're doing, you're doing kind of like a live tour as well. So you know I just got the podcast on the go at the moment. You're going to be doing a live tour. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm doing five dates. These are evening events. It's a motivational evening. It's called The Three Things That Will Change Your Destiny Today. And it's not a lecture. It's an interactive experience. There's only 500 people, uh, you know, in the room. And so I walk out and, you know, introduce myself and say, right, who here has been traumatised by something and they cannot move on? They, their life has been messed up by this and come up and join me on the stage. Someone joins me. 20 minutes later, it's gone. And what kind of people would come to that? Someone who's like fear, got a fear of flying? It, or? It, we could be, but it's also, it's generally the sort of people interested in mind, body, spirit. You know, people interested in human potential. But, um, you know, anyone who's got an interest in improving their lives. So what I do is, um, I, I, I do it on them and 20 minutes later, they go, wow, I can remember that it happened, but I don't feel bad anymore. I've delinked the thought from the feeling. Then I turn to the audience, and I do it on the entire audience. Oh, now, right. they don't have to be traumatised. They can't just be blocked in some area. And so it's like a mass hypnosis session. I go, who here thinks they're unlucky? Right, boom, come up here. And they, wow, I feel possibility. Who here needs more confidence? Wow. And then I turn and I do it on the audience. So it's like having a personal session with me, but there's 499 you, other people. Would you do a 20% discount on Everton fans? <laughs> I can get you a blockbooking <laughs> right now. Uh, Paul, as ever, it's brilliant to have you on the show. Thank you oh, so much for popping in. It's absolutely great to see you guys. God bless you. See you soon. Before we let you go, oh, it's yeah. unconventional, but we're operating a visitor's Ooh. book, oh, uh, yes. much like we're running a, uh, yeah. a B&B here. I believe the last person Ooh. to sign was Bill Bailey, the comedian. Oh, yeah. You know, I, he's a, I've only met him a couple of times. He's a lovely man, isn't he? And proper funny as well. Oh, he's a lovely yeah. chap. Yeah, I mean, he just... Well, he also, you know, when you're sitting in conversation, he's, uh, he's very generous in the way he's very fascinated by everyone. You know? So generous that he composed us a theme tune for our podcast. I'm not telling you what you'd need to do for yours to <laughs> yeah. success because you're a number two already. Or, but, but, but the pressure yeah. is on. We've got yeah. our own keyboard tune from Bill <laughs> Bailey. That's good. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to come to the table with that. Oh, thanks so much. So, so He's written, it was very clean. <laughs> nice review, four stars. I'm going to agree. <laughs> and don't put your real address. Joe Lyser put his actual address. <laughs> Joe Lyser did put his address. Yeah. Unbelievable. He signed out. Paul McKenna, thank you very much. Paul thank McKenna, you. ladies and gentlemen. All right, God bless. Bye bye. 